Hello everyone, welcome back to the podcast and today, uh, in today's episode of Community Unite is going to be the last episode, um, but within these, these great people have today, uh, we might have to do this for a couple of episodes, but we're going to see how much we fit in today, um, but um, who knows, it might, we might have to do a series or something. <laughs> um, but today it's going to be really cool because, uh, as you will tell by the accents in a minute, is that uh, everyone apart from me is from Australia. Um, so it, it's going to be really cool. Um, it, it's really rare that actually um, I have people on from Australia. Um, and yeah, it, 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 it's going to be really cool to see about hear about everyone's stories. So I'm going to ask everyone to introduce themselves. Um, like I said before the recording, but, but um, in the order that Zoom tells me, and then we can, yeah, and then it'll be the opposite at the end. Um, but yeah, so just Dan, if you wouldn't mind uh, starting to introduce yourself. <clears throat> excuse me sorry um my name's justin i've had crohn since i was uh two years old i'm 34 at the moment live in sydney and i love doing lots of different things um i've always got many different hobbies going on you know at, at many times so recently i've released a course called turning a disability into a blessing and the next uh, course I'm recording is called Thriving in the Workplace with a Disability. Um, and yeah, and I love just hanging out with all these wonderful friends of mine and um, connecting with friends all over the world who've got Crohn's and, or any chronic illness because I think there's some kind of relatability there. Yeah, that, that is really cool because like, you're, you're doing all sorts of things like to raise awareness and acceptance for for Crohn's and IBD so it's really good you, you're still doing that oh, thank you yeah um but f thanks Justin because if it wasn't for Justin we wouldn't have anyone else on the call so <laughs> so it's it, it, it's great to have you <laughs> thank you so much um Flick if you mind introducing yourself Hello, everybody that's listening and or watching. Hi, I'm Flick Manning. Um, I'm pretty sure everyone already knows because I think we all are on this call, but I'm an ambassador for Crohn's and Colitis Australia. I'm also an ambassador for Mental Health Foundation Australia. Uh, I'm a radio host for a show called Brainwaves on 3CR in Melbourne, which is a mental health focused show. We do a lot of crossover between chronic illness disability and mental health on the show. Uh, I wrote a book called Living Human, which is my story of living with Crohn's disease, which I've had since about the age of 13. Uh, so a lot of my life and work revolves around advocacy and destigmatizing, essentially, you know, living with a chronic condition like Crohn's. And one of the absolute blessings, I would say, that comes from a condition like Crohn's is the community that is attached to it. It's unlike anything really that I've experienced in any other way. We absolutely rally around each other. We share information and support. We talk about our stuff really openly. And the most brilliant thing is, you know, you can reach out to somebody on Instagram that you basically have never met in, you know, real life and just start having the most deep conversations about every aspect of how a chronic illness can affect your life and I think that's a an extremely rare thing in every other way and that's part of what makes this community so profoundly special and I feel so privileged in a way that life handed me 
uh, one whopper of a turd, quite literally, and out of that turd has grown the most spectacular, you know, some of the most spectacular relationships that I've ever had and probably ever will have. So definitely a privilege um, and a blessing in disguise. So that's me all wrapped up in a funny little bow. Thank you for sharing, Flick, because um, it is like I completely agree with what you're saying about like the friendship thing. And like I it's probably the best thing about having Crohn's, um, like the, the friendship you make, if it is in in your own kind of country or somewhere else in the world, because it's it's really interesting. Like everyone around the world has Crohn's and IBD, so it's it's really interesting. It's really cool that you're like um you do like radio as well, and so you're you're quite used to this kind of thing. So uh, you're you're very experienced. Yeah. Um, and yes, uh, I feel privileged to be here. <laughs> yeah well f- thank you again flick for for um for sharing and it's gonna be really good to speak to you for throughout today um and this morning for you um because of course not the morning for me but it's morning for you <laughs> <laughs> thanks Mason. Uh, thanks um rose Hi, everyone listening. I'm Rose. I'm from Sydney. Um, I've been living with IBD for most of my life. Um, I've got Crohn's disease. Um, My journey has been very long um, and I am so grateful to be part of the IBD community for similar reasons to Flick because, I mean, without IBD, I would never have met Justin, I never would never have amazing relationships with people like Flick and Sazi as well because, you know, we've all reached out to each other and um, the community is just amazing. Um, I've had multiple careers as well while navigating IBD. I was a teacher for 10 years um, or nine years and um, I'm about to step back into the classroom on a casual basis so that's going to be interesting after not being in there for two years but um, marketing is my jam and I'm working on a few projects that um, I hope will bring light to IBD around the world and um, especially stomas because I've just recently gotten myself an ileostomy and um I'm I'm loving life with it. So it's the best thing that's ever happened to me. And without these amazing people that you see before you, I would not be as accepting and as grateful for it as I am now. Um, and on that as well, I'm about to venture into getting my Barbie butt surgery too. So it's it's happening within the next couple of months. So, yeah, that's me. I, I wish you... I wish you all the best for the next couple of months with with, with all that, Rose. Um, thank and, you. And thank you for sharing because it is, it is, it is, it's really interesting to hear your story as well, which I'm sure we could hear more within the next um, amount of time we have to, to, to today. But yeah, um, f- f- thank you again, Rose. And it, it's nice to meet you um, as well. Um, Sazi. Hello, I've got a dog here. <laughs> the, hello, darling. You want to say hello? I don't know if you can. There you go. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello, everyone. Um, my name's Sazi or Sarah, and I have been living with Crohn's disease since I was 13 years of age. I'm now 38. 
I'm a proud Auster mate and had my girl Susie in 2009, so when I was 24, and I like to say that Susie is the best thing that's ever happened to me, other than my husband. Um, so I, um, I'm huge on um, advocacy and empowering others with ostomies and Crohn's or colitis because when I was living with um, Crohn's disease as a 13-year-old, I really didn't have that support, and that's why I think it's so important for us as a community to do that, and particularly myself. That's one thing that I'm huge on doing. Um, other than that, I am a uh, palliative care nurse consultant and I've been a nurse for many years and love it. And um, being sick as a kid was one of the reasons why I chose to do nursing because I wanted to make an impact on patients' lives. So um, I love exercising. I've got two uh, fairy friends, um, little, um, I'm a dog mum. So, um, and I'm also a fertility fighter. So I've been doing IVF for um, a few years now, which is no secret to many people in the IBD community. Um, and I'm, I've been going through a journey with that. So um, that, that's me in a nutshell, really. Yeah. Thank you, Sazi, for, for, for sharing. Um, but like, cause like we're, we've been a nurse as well. I think, I think that's like really cool because I think more people maybe who have IBD better work in that environment because like kind of know from experience and if other people there have Crohn's as well you're going to know and make, make them feel more comfortable um because like as we all know with Crohn's IBD it's hard to trust people sometimes in hospital um and, and and certain places so it's good that you do that because it's helping a lot of people out there definitely yeah um and I'll just quickly tell my story and and my I was diagnosed with with Crohn's when I was 16, 17, um, and that was about six years ago this year. Um, it's, it's it, and I am now twenty one. So I've had about I've had Crohn's disease for six years, and I, I how I was diagnosed was I lost a lot of amount of weight, and I was I was nearly going to get misdiagnosed because uh, I had to kind of really fight to get appointments and stuff like that. So that's it. It took not as long as some people, um, but it took a for about maybe a, a month, but quite, quite quick in some instances where some people take years and, and get misdiagnosed. But yeah, that, 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 that's my story. And uh, probably ever since 2020, I decided to start raising awareness and probably do things like this and speak publicly about it because I didn't for probably maybe three or four years. I didn't for three or four years because I don't know. It, it it's hard, isn't it, to speak about it straight away sometimes. Um, but I think the more people like you meet, I think like, like you were saying, Flick and 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 like it's it's better because you more comfortable and more confident to speak about your own personal journey. I think. Um, but but yeah, so that that is my story. Um, I, I was I was gonna ask. Um, maybe just Stan. How I was gonna ask. Um. How how did you like all kind of develop like a really good friendship together? So Rose um, and I go way back. So I was really sick when I was about 12 years old. And then my mum was working at a department store called Myers. And so she used to work with Rose. And she's like, oh, you should like speak to Rose. Rose has Crohn's as well. Cause I was just like 
I was struggling with it so much and I felt like such a big introvert um, and I felt like no one could relate and Rose was like the first person that I could really have that nurturing and understanding uh, shoulder to lean on and she's seen me through uh, my whole journey she's seen me through my um, you know my darkest times and 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 my best times too and she's like my big sister she's the sister I never had um, she's been to with me to a lot of my operations and um, reminds me of my appointments when I forget them to this day um, <laughs> you know and it's uh it's always fun you know waiting in the um waiting in that room with rose because it's you know we get to chat and catch up and um yeah it's just it's just interesting and powerful to be able to relate uh on that level and have that such a supporting loving person in my life um and with Flick, Flick, we met through CCA, so Crohn's and Colitis Australia, as an ambassador. Um, I'm pretty sure that's how we met as well. Um, and we've just done lots of different podcasts together. We've like bounced different ideas um, about like health and wellness and holistic healing and things like that. And it's always a um, an amazing chat and catch up whenever Flick and I. Um, you know, uh, start opening the floodgates of our knowledge and just bouncing different ideas together. Um, and Sazi, I feel like is like my other sister. You're all like my sisters, you know. <laughs> um, Sazi's like that. She's that one person that I really wish that I had as a nurse uh, growing up, you know, and she's doing such an amazing job. Um, you know, such a nurturing job, like, of being able to understand, relate and bring that positive light, you know, her, her, her can do attitude and, and radiance, just like, um, you know, just beams across the world. Um, and like, yeah, it's just, it's just really, really like an honor to, to, to be friends with Sazi, you know, and, um, and just an honor to be friends with with um, everyone here because like um, you know in my time when I'm really stuck and I feel uh, very self-conscious about you know the the message that I'm trying to share like everyone here just kind of you know gives me a boost up and and, and gives me an encouraging words so yeah it's just um that's a little backstory behind and how I know everyone here thank you I was, I was very interested um, but yeah, it, it's it, it's great how you all kind of met, and it, it's it's really cool because friendship with Crohn's colitis IBD is the best because you 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 understand that, don't you? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, by the way, this is um iced coffee, so it's not whiskey or anything. <laughs> <laughs> <It's ice>. <laughs> how disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but so, so Flick, with being an ambassador for Crohn's and Colitis Australia, what does that kind of involve? What, what kind of stuff do you have to do being an ambassador? Uh, look, I think everyone that's an ambassador to some extent, like the role is largely around just sort of um, trying to be as open as you can about 
the lived experience of having Crohn's or colitis, but they sort of bring you in, I guess, to what, you know, where they think that your skills lie and things like that. So I think everybody gets engaged in slightly different ways. Um, for me, I do a lot of sort of hosting. So I do a lot of things like they'll run forums every, I think it's every eight weeks or something like that. They run forums and I quite often host those. So that's sort of a case of, um, similar to this having like a video panel but we've got you know gastroenterologists and psychologists and people with different lived experience and I sort of I guess I'm kind of the glue you know like I ask the questions and I bring people together and I sort of facilitate a question and answer section with the public that are tuning in so sort of just trying to get as many uh, questions answered by specialists and people that are actually living with the condition and trying to just be really open about it so sort of taking out some of the medical jargon and taking out some of the things that are potential kind of blockers for people in terms of their ability to understand and just trying to make it a really open forum for people to have a really frank um, and emotional conversation about what it's actually like to live with Crohn's and colitis um, so I do a lot of that kind of thing, but we do a lot of different sort of media things as well. And uh, I think just about everyone here is involved in the Live Fearless Challenge, which is something Crohn's and Colitis do each September, where we we rack up 150 kilometers worth of exercise in some format, whether that's running, swimming, dancing, yoga, whatever it is. And we use that time to kind of get out on social media and talk more again about, you know, why we do the things that we do and how we can still use our bodies in really productive and very full and sustainable ways and how like the face of Crohn's and colitis is different. It's none of us present exactly the same and that there's nothing wrong with that. So it's just about kind of all of that, that fun stuff. And I think that's a really, you know, interesting and unique privilege because, you know, you come into it with your own idea of what living with Crohn's or colitis is from your own lived experience and there's of course always overlaps where you can say oh well, we have the exact same experience of that thing but there's all these moving parts around that circumstances and context which are completely different from one person to the next and that's really interesting to have your eyes opened in that way and to be able to explore that uh, in a public you know fashion as well and certainly for me because I do a lot of the media side of things um I'll quite often be involved in maybe getting on on at someone's radio show and talking about it or, um, you know, being involved in an interview for a magazine and things like that because I'm very comfortable talking about the lived experience side of it. So, yeah, it's just trying to put it out there and um, just to remind really, I think, the public but also medical professionals as well that we are fully rounded human beings. We are not just a set of symptoms with some legs attached that sort of walk down the street, but, like, we've got this whole thing going on and, uh, just trying to shake up the public perception, I guess, of what it's like to live with an invisible illness. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. It's it is really good what you're doing, what, what everyone's doing here, because it, it, it like um it is it is really good fun because like like um I know that like um I have a Crohn's and Colitis UK um over I am and there's all always different um things going on. Um, but yeah, you'd have a midnight walk sometimes, and um, they 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 there's normally um, a a walk it they call it they 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 call it a walk it where they do it in London, and in, in, in the UK, and they do it every year, and then when COVID pandemic what a lot lockdowns were that they, they created the challenge called the two point six challenge, yeah? and and basically what that was was where you would do anything involving the number two and a six, 
So it could be if you if you if you wanted to, if you, maybe your Chrome was having a flare up, perhaps you could say I'm going to watch something for 26 minutes on Netflix, <laughs> or um, if you are okay and you really want to do some exercise, you could don't know go for a run for 26 minutes, or do you could even do something for 27 hours, 2.6 seconds. Um, and what I did, I I didn't watch any Netflix for 26 minutes. I might have done, but not involved in the uh, the challenge. Um, I, I would do stuff, um, what I did was I would do maybe, I had all hula hoops, or I had a trampoline, I still have a trampoline, um, and I'd, I would do stuff, um, some, something, or oh, that amount of time, and it was actually quite fun, considering you was actually in lockdown, and you couldn't do much, um, mm. so it's good that there's so many, like, with Australia and UK, do certain different things to raise awareness, and or like the charities so it, it is it is really fun to be a part of yeah that's awesome I actually follow Crohn's and Colitis UK I think um I think it's on Instagram that I follow them so I often see some of the challenges and things and go oh that's a really cool idea I wish we could do that over here and you know just I'm always excited to see what other people are doing internationally because it just reminds you as well that there's such just such a huge community around the world it's like it's considered this really minor thing but it's actually like really major there's so so many like there's millions of people like us all over the world and we're all um you know getting out there and doing different things and living this really full life and doing creative stuff like that that's so cool you know like yeah did you do hula hooping on the trampoline? That's my question. Was it like a combination of hula hooping and trampolining or were they separate events? Um, they, they were separate. Um, I think I did it, yeah, I, I did on the last day actually because you did it for 26 days. Um, and I thought I'll do some, like they're doing maybe total wipeout or I'll do this ultimate challenge and do so many things in the certain time limit so i did i had like this mat it was an, it was a really hot day i had this mat in the garden and and i'll do like um different sort of exercises that i could do uh, i had this like assault course where i, I had the hula hoop you had something else um you had maybe this ball and i uh, and what i would do each day is um i would make, create a video around it and, and share it like on social media and stuff just to prove i'm doing it uh, and put it on the 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 GoFundMe page as well. Um, did, did awesome. saying what saying what I'm doing because um, to just showing I'm doing. I'm I'm not just raising them for the money just to keep for myself. I am it's going to the charity. Um, and that that's what it was really good. At, like in in 2020, um, it was it was fun. It, it took probably almost a month. So. It, it, a lot of time but uh it's, it's good to get involved it was. that's awesome I think you could create your own special kind of um Crohn's and Colitis Olympics I'm imagining a stadium with lots of very interesting and strange things that everyone can do and they could just maybe pick their selection of 10 activities or whatever it is that yeah. they do and sort of compete and stuff I think it would be yeah, we could all do it in special outfits. I would come in a tutu, naturally, of course, with sequins and other such things. You know, this is me just getting creative now. But if anyone wants to create an Olympics for Crohn's and Colitis, I'm pretty sure Mason's the leader and we would all be involved. <laughs> I think well, a good idea could be, like, they do the Olympic Games, do the Paralympic Games. They could do, we could do the IBD Games or something like that every year or, or we do all these different, like, activities maybe at some point each year and then we could create something like that perhaps, which would be quite cool. <laughs> 
we could do very specific things like um, competing at how fast you can change a, a, a roll of toilet paper, you know, because like all of us, we've got these very special skills, like how quickly can you get the toilet rolls onto the thing and, you know, all that kind of stuff. We could be very specific to IBD. I think it could be quite yeah. entertaining. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, I think that is something that we could all have a have a little chat about at some point. <laughs> yeah, that's just, it seems good fun seems good fun um so um sazi with um your journey um how like how are you doing at the moment like with your crohn's so i consider myself very lucky when i had my bowel removed i essentially went into remission um well not technically i i had my bowel removed in September. September 2009 and then I left my my butt there because we were uh, going to do a J pouch I don't talk about this often actually so Justin and Flick and Rose you might not even know this story but I was actually going to have a J pouch but when they went into when they did my surgery they found a mass sitting at the back of my kidney and they thought it was cancerous which they didn't see on CT previously going in to have the surgery so they left uh, my rectum um, and and um, just and gave me an endileostomy, but and um, and then six months later, my rectum had was very diseased, and um, I had to have it removed. So I think that could be one of the reasons why I've got fertility issues because they um, they sewed my. Uh, I'm getting quite technical here, but this is what happened. Um, they sewed my um, rectum to my vaginal wall because I couldn't leave it flapping in the breeze, as I like to say. Um, I like, you know, if, if you don't laugh, you'll cry. So this is this is where we're going. Um, so, that, so that happened, and uh, I had Barbie butt in two <laughs> Justin's laughing. I had uh, my Barbie butt in 2010. So um, I haven't had any Crohn's, well... <laughs> no flare-ups of my bowel, I should say, but like others here, I experience fatigue, you know, significant fatigue. I get sick easily still. I have other autoimmune diseases um, like arthritis, um, you know. There's, there's a lot of issues that I don't talk about because you just get on with it because <laughs> that's what we do. Um, and obviously my fertility has been a big um um, issue I would say and I think that's probably related to my Crohn's and 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 adhesions I would imagine they can't go and have a look into my um, area they can't do a laparoscope because it's too risky um, but late last year on an MRI I was diagnosed with a low-grade endometriosis um, it could there could be more there um, I don't know uh, because I can't go in so I think that's probably one of the reasons that has affected my fertility. But in terms of Crohn's disease, it's not active, but, yeah, fatigue, mouth ulcers, you know, oral thrush, all that sort of that everyone here would um, experience. I still experience, but I just don't talk about it because I just get on with it. Yeah. So I, I don't know so if anyone easy. else wants to add to that. Yeah. In all honesty, I... I just want to say, Sazi, you talking about your fertility journey has helped so many people. Um, I've experienced infertility for as long as I've ever known, and I was diagnosed with endometriosis in 2013. So 
that on top of IBD has been incredibly painful. And um, I actually saw my surgeon last week about getting my Barbie butt and she explained how it was going to work to me. And then she said, this will significantly affect your fertility as well. And I thought, well, hang on a second. I mean, I've got all these fertility issues any already anyway. So, I mean, this is this is not going to be neither. It's not here nor there for me. So, so that's um that's something that um is is different, I guess, for my journey because I'm a lot older as well. Um, maybe not a lot older, but I'm forty, nearly forty two. So, you know. If I was if I was infertile at twenty four, and I wanted to have a baby then, then you know my journey would be very different to to what it is now. So, um, speaking up about IBD and fertility is so important because you never know what anybody's going through, and talking about that is so much more important than going getting online and saying, "Oh well, I've got another mouth ulcer today," which is why we just get along with it. Yeah. Um, I just want to add, I think, I keep saying this, but we, there really needs to be more research into IBD and infertility. There isn't enough. I don't think there is. I don't know if anyone here wants to, you know, debate that, but I can't see it. And I just think I th they're definitely linked somewhere. You're I know right. we talk well, about are. it. But like, like, I'm in the same boat. Yeah, yeah, I'm in the same boat. Like I've I had multiple miscarriages when I was Same. a bit yep. younger and, mm -hmm. you know, through all of that, it was like we eventually discovered, yeah, like all the endo stuff and then there's this such a huge overlap and interestingly enough, I have to say, Saza, you're probably one of the first people that I heard openly talking about that and in my head to some extent I had sort of separated the two, like, okay, they've got, I'm infertile, I'd accepted that, like my husband and I went through that process, we decided we weren't going to pursue it, we looked into adoption, we looked into, sorry, we did all of that, and we decided, yeah. no, okay, this is, we're, we're not going to have children, that's the decision that we, we worked through all of that, we've come to acceptance with it, um, but that was a big question mark for me for a while, it was like, how is this going on and all this going on, and I agree, I don't think there's any overlap in terms of research, not one specialist ever spoke to me about it, not one, ever. No one ever mentioned that there could be yep. an overlap. No one ever talked about it. Then, then I'm thinking about the sheer number of surgeries, the number of times people have gone in with instruments and stuff. Like mm -hmm. to me, it just is like there's got to be an overlap there. Surely if you're going in and pushing that button, there's things growing and there's stuff all in that area. And for, for those that are born female, there's a lot of, there's a lot going on in that same area of the body. I mean, mm. like it's all squished mm. on top of each other. So, yeah, I, I believe that there's definitely an overlap. And, Sazi, thank you for being so open and talking about it because, as I said, you you were one of the first people that talked about it and I went, oh, okay, that mm. could be why I'm in the situation that I'm yeah. in. And I think a lot of other women are. But isn't it funny that all three of us have endometriosis? Like, do you know what I mean? Like there's got to be... A well, there's that uh, whole link. immune system overlap. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. there is. And yeah. I remember years ago when I was first diagnosed with endometriosis, I did sort of a deep dive on the internet and I had to dig really, really deep. But there were a couple of studies overseas that um, that showed that there is a connection between endometriosis and IBD in a lot of people born male. So um, it's... 
I guess they kind of sort of just got lost in the depths of the internet, but um, there's definitely not anything else going on. And our specialists, you're right, don't speak to us about the connections between the two. Um, I'm, I'm lucky that I advocate really strongly for myself with my doctors. So um, when I had my last endo excision, uh, we got my colorectal surgeon involved as well in case there was bowel involvement. Luckily there wasn't, but you know, we, we got her on hand. So it was, it was very much um, a, a two team kind of um, exercise. So, but you've got to really fight for that sort of thing. Mm. yeah and I think yeah, also we all, all so often end up with overlaps right like whether it's fertility stuff or I think as everyone else is probably in a similar yeah. boat here it's like all the other autoimmune conditions that end up coming in I often say to people like if you've got one the likeliness is you're going to end up developing more over time you know I've just recently been diagnosed with lupus but you end up with all sorts of other syndromes and stuff as well you know like Raynaud's phenomenon and you know, fibromyalgia and all these other kinds of things. And very, very rarely do any of our specialists ever, number one, even acknowledge that that's a possibility. But secondly, we'll openly have that conversation. It's very segmented, like, oh, that's doesn't have anything to do with me. And it's sort of, I look at it and go, yeah, but I'm one person. And if I've got multiple diseases, surely they're all influencing each other. So there should be open discussion and open conversation between specialists about these things when they're working on your body because it's all one unit like you know you can't just sort of if you're having a Crohn's flare up and you've got other diseases all those things are going to be affected too and they're probably all going to get tipped off as well so it's sort of it snowballs on itself and very often we're just in the middle of this like storm of stuff going on going whoa <laughs> what what was the trigger what happened is this the one that's going off now this one's going off it's like a cascading set of symptoms that you're then trying to dig yourself out of and I don't think we we talk about and acknowledge that enough and like you said we get on with it right there's some things that just park and we go that's just my life you know yeah I'm covered in cold sores that's my life like moving on but it's something we do need to talk about more yeah I think you're right like no I think I know like from my experience that is very true because symptoms are often a result of a bigger problem and I was guilty for a long time of just treating symptoms 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 and then I just realized like it had when I went back to the um, drawing board I had realized that it just started going down a path and kept trying to like go down a path forcefully to try and you know live my life because everyone's doing and I'm trying to keep up with everyone and then I realized down that path I'm like hang on a second this path is creating me a lot of unease or dis-ease you know and so it was a big journey of like walking back and going back to what feels good and then asking myself like okay let's undo everything I've been doing and then start doing what makes me feel good and then that relationship between doing that what doing what makes me feel good and um the relationship between doing like feeling guilty for doing what makes me feel good right so there's mm -hmm. like that there's often a very big disposition of like feeling bad well everyone's doing this but i'm doing this thing that makes me happy everyone's waking up at like say 6 a.m and hustling 
and I'm like waking up at 12 and like taking my time, you know, and not feeling guilty about it. And it's like, I think the more I listen to myself and the more I like come into my own body and, and understand myself, my symptoms start to like relax a bit more because, um, you know, it's just my, my body as a whole system is a lot more happier, you know? And I think like growing up, there's a big, there's a big, um, challenge of not advocating for ourselves, Um, and that's, that's everywhere, you know, in school or in, in with our friends or with our teachers or with our parents when, or we even with our bosses, like, I think there's a big stigma about like this fear of advocating saying, no, this is not what feels right to me. Um, and I think unweaving that thread is really important f for our journey and for our health, you know? Yeah, I, I completely agree because there's so much that isn't spoke about. And when I started sharing your journey, like uh, the first time I've heard like of that getting spoken about because like I've never heard it. Like there's, there, there's so much out there that is not spoken about. And like, I think like definitely professionals need uh, maybe, maybe more training in certain areas of within IBD. Um, because so some people guess what they're doing. Um, even like um, before I was actually diagnosed, um, I went to lo my local doctor surgery, and I um, um, I had an uncomfortable feeling at my back passage kind of area, and what I, it turned out to be um, fistula in the end, but um, but the doctor said because it wasn't her area and that that's the whole reason I came in to to see what was the problem was um and the doctor said um said because well, my 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 mum was there as well and the, the doctor said um um to my mum I'm, I'm, I don't think Mason's going to be comfortable with me um putting was just seeing up my back passage and of course I'm not going to be comfortable but I think she said that because she wasn't comfortable um and then that, that of course that that made it worse me not knowing at the time it was a official and then about two weeks later I saw my consultant in the hospital and that was the case but things can develop really bad sometimes and luckily it wasn't that bad but if, if it was something if a fish was worse at a particular time it's which is why i think people do need to be trained um in things a bit better because ibd is it should be a lesson Really shouldn't it? We should, we should teach it everywhere because we teach it everywhere. Everyone knows, but that would be an ideal world. But in a way, it's good that we can discuss this and teach people because the more we talk about it, the more people understand. And you th you would think that, but sometimes that's not the case. Sometimes people will say maybe they understand, maybe because they don't want to hear your story sometimes. But the more you try and maybe get into their head and go on at them and like um maybe annoy them a little bit so they know so they so, so they can't hear anything else so they hear the same thing is is when we know we hope they understand but but yeah i, I definitely agree and I, I really enjoyed hearing sarty's story and and everyone's stories actually like like rose flicked and just stands again because it's really good and um 
I would, I would love to do this again. Like, like I said, well, I think we should do like a series or something, talk about maybe a different topic each time. I think that would be really fun because um, I know we're, we've only got a few minutes left. So um, it would be nice to do that. Um, maybe a monthly thing, but we, we could talk about that um, afterwards or something. But before we go, I'm going to ask everyone to say if they have any advice. Um, I'll go backwards um, this time. Um, so... Um, it, I'm going to ask, I thought of you, Rose, but if you have any advice or you just want to say anything at the end uh, before we finish. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. Um, my biggest advice to anybody who has IBD or suspects that they have IBD or any other chronic illness for that matter is learn how to advocate for yourself and believe in yourself and trust your body because you know your body better than anybody else. And the way forward is to speak your truth and really, really make sure people hear you. I love that. We've got to make sure, haven't we? We've got to do it. <laughs> um, Sarsi. I want to say a few things. Thank you, Mason, for giving all of us an opportunity to do this. It's brilliant. Uh, I really would love to continue on this journey with everyone and perhaps we could get people to write in or suggest topics that they'd like us to talk about. I don't know. That could be something fun um, because there's so many different things that we could talk about. Um, Rosie, you gave me goosebumps when you just spoke then. So advocacy is a huge thing. Thing. I really think that people, well, I find I tell people to be kind to themselves because if you're not kind to yourself, who, you know, you're not going to love yourself. You really need to nurture your own body and trust trust your gut. That's, that's the big thing that I like to go by, but just be kind. Uh, rest on the days that you need to rest and whoop it up on the other days. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what I like to say. Yeah. That's my advice. I, I I love that Sazi. Like we we we'll, we'll definitely get so many ideas which we, we can talk about because uh, like you say we could be all day <laughs> we could be all day speaking about it. Um, but um, and today we've only spoken about like minor topics. Well, well, we I say minor, but really good topics, big topics, but not a lot. So that's what we we talk about. We talk about more. But um, flick. Yeah, look, um, Mason, again, thank you so much for, for doing this and for, you know, creating this from your own experience as well. I mean, it's a perfect example of self-advocacy and advocating for the community. So thank you for bringing all of us into that. And I hope we get to do more of it together. Um, and I love being with this crew of people. So this is such a privilege and so fun. Uh, but also, I guess, just mirroring also what Rose and Sazi have already said, you know, advocacy is a huge thing. And the way that I look at it, or I guess I've had to learn to look at it, is to remember that the process of having an invisible condition, whether it's going through this stuff medically, going through it around society that doesn't represent us, whether it's going through it in family who don't always understand and think that we're just being a little bit sooky about things or whatever it is, the experience that is going on, it's all very dehumanising. And we very often end up feeling like we're a number on a page, we're a set of symptoms, we're a burden all this ableism and stuff around us starts to sink into our head and we start to ignore what it is that our body and our mind is actually telling us. And that's when things often get really, really bad and it gets really, really dark. So if you find yourself in that position, please take a moment to remember that you are a human being, that everything that you're feeling and experiencing is absolutely valid, that no one can tell you 
anything different, like whatever your experience of Crohn's or colitis or even suspected or any chronic condition for that matter is absolutely valid. There is a whole community around the world that will believe you and will rally behind you and will support you. So lean on us if you can't lean on yourself immediately. That's probably the first point of call. And then as you build that confidence, start to flex that self-advocacy muscle. And remember, you have a right to ask for a different doctor, to ask for a second opinion, to refuse a treatment option that has been presented to you. This is your body. It's the home you live in forever. Protect it, savor it, advocate for it. It's part of everything that you will ever experience in your life. So your well-being inside that home is going to affect everything in your world around you. Um, so it's got to come first and just keep coming back to you are human, you are valid, you are loved and you will be supported. Thank you, Flick. That 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 is so awesome. I, I love I love, it. I love all of it. Um because like like you say, I I, I completely agree because like like we've been here today, like we're all sitting on our stories and it's great to hear about your story. And I don't think we've heard it enough. Like I haven't heard any of your stories enough or or mine even. Like we haven't shared enough stories. So I um like this is only an hour of our, uh, hour out of our time. But I can't wait to do more. And like um at some point, um just Dan. <clears throat> so my advice would be to take a moment and yeah, it's it's along the lines of what everyone said here, um about advocating for yourself, respecting yourself. But also I think like our we're kind of just born into this world and we inherit this status of having Crohn's or colitis or autism or um, fibromyalgia or, or um, endometriosis like, so these are things that we inherit and we haven't really had the opportunity to redefine it. So by default, we kind of like think, oh, this is what it means about me. And I would, the way that I, would love like the way that I move through the world is to redefine reality because often I find that I've come onto this world not with a blank canvas but with a blank canvas and it's been painted with other people's brush strokes you know and they've used their own things and saying said like well this is your painting and this is where you should be but in reality that's just their perspective and it's not the truth so think we're at a very interesting time where we can redefine what everything means to us. Um, and we have that power to really take it, take charge of our, um, of our condition and our situation. So like, for example, one of the things that I, my tagline is making ostomy sexy because it should, you know, it's not an old person's disease. It's like, I got it. So, I have an ostomy and I have the option to make it the worst thing about me or I have the option to make it the sexiest thing about me. And it takes a, a brave person to pioneer and redefine it and be like, no, this is what makes it, you know, unique. This is what makes it hot. So I think with a lot of things, um, being able to advocate for yourself and hold up that strong reality, um, when you be, believe it enough, then other people will follow you and be like, okay, yeah, well, this, yeah, you're right. It is hot. This, these are the reasons why it's hot because, 
you know, a lot of people have had this false misconception of why it's not hot, you know, that's just an example. So that can be taken for a lot of things. Um, and so that just yeah comes back to that advocating for yourself part. Thanks, Justin. That's that, 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 that's great because you you have to make it what you make it, and what what you choose to do is is the best thing. Like like you say, you can make it a really good thing or a really bad thing, but it's always it's always it's always best to make it a good thing. At the start, it may think it's a bad thing, but as time goes on, you believe it's 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 a really good thing. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, but as I've said, well, I've said to Justin before how much I love the Australian accent. But <laughs> um, um, but it's been great speaking to you guys and to anyone listening. I hope you've enjoyed watching or um, um, listening, whatever you choose to do, or wherever you are in the world as well. But this is the last episode of uh, the Community United series. But the next time we all uh, team up, it will be someone else. It will, it will be something really cool that we, we, we'll talk about more, where we can talk about topics, um, to, to, to talk about lots of things around RBD and our stories and uh, our own series that we're, we're, we'll make together. So it's when that comes, it's going to be really cool. But um, in the meantime, um, I've really enjoyed speaking to you all, to, uh, to Justin Flick, Sazi and Rose, because uh, now we're, we're all... We're, I've, I've, I've joined the, the clan now of, of, of friendship, haven't I? <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah thank you all um and i've very much enjoyed speaking to you um and yeah ha have a nice rest of your day um to me it's night to me it's morning but that's the cool thing about me speaking to people across the world but thank you again and yeah um to anyone listening and watching see you in the next episode whenever that is but thank you to everyone today uh from australia um so thank you all <laughs>